Well, good morning. What a joy to be at Dorseyville CMA. Am I right? Christian Missionary Alliance. I drive by here all the time. But it's a joy. It's an honor. It's a thrill. It's a treat to be here. Have that brother Dan. This dude can sing. Thank you. I mean, he is talented. He's got a wonderful family. I met his family. But he just does it all, doesn't he? I learned a long time ago, there are three kinds of Christians. Those who make things happen, those who watch things happen, and those who wonder what happened. And I thank God for Brother Dan. I met him when I came in, and, and so he can really sing. I, I want your autograph later. But I also want to give a shout out to, to Brother Harry and Don, two of the leaders. I know Harry's in the back running the sound, and then Don... I love Don's pants. Where's Don at? He's left the building. He's somewhere. <laughs> well, that's why these guys are in charge. They're doing stuff. But what a joy. I want to give a shout out to Pastor Mark Conklin. I'm sure he'll be watching maybe now or some other time. But thank you, Pastor Mark, for your leadership, your faithfulness. I met him a couple months, well, a while ago he came and spoke at Teen Challenge for one of our chapels. So thank God for Pastor Mark Conklin. I've never met his wife and kids. I believe they're on vacation. And he was very smart to leave when I came. <laughs> Come on now, the truth sets you free. But we're, we're blessed. Teen Challenge is here. I want the guys to come on up now. We're going to just take a moment and greet you. Come on, guys, everybody. Come on up. All the students, can you give them a hand? Amen. Come on. So real quick, how many of you are familiar with Teen Challenge? Come on up, guys. Just kind of stand behind me. How many are familiar with Teen Challenge? Put your hand up. Teen Challenge is a ministry of faith-based faith -based Christian residential program started by David Wilkerson in 1958. What a great story. There is a table in the back, and we'll mention that a little bit later. But there was a book that was written called The Cross, and the switchblade, which is a wonderful reality of a country preacher who goes to New York City loving on gang members. And it was there that Nicky Cruz became a Christian. And before Nicky Cruz decided to follow Jesus, he was a tough cookie. And there's a scene in the movie. How many have seen the movie with Eric Estrada and Pat Boone uh, played with uh, Nicky Cruz and David Wilkerson? But there's a scene in the movie where Nikki Cruz says, don't you know who I am? I'm the lead gang member of the Mau Mau's. And so he said, look, I can cut you up into a thousand pieces. But if you remember in the story and in the book, uh, David Wilkerson said, you can cut me up into a thousand pieces, but every piece will still say I love you. How many know that the, the love of God always wins? How many know that the light always wins? And so Teen Challenge is a phenomenon. It's a worldwide residential drug and alcohol, not a rehab. This is a discipleship program where these men standing behind me are learning how to trust God, love God, walk with God, how to be husbands, how to be fathers, how to contribute to society in the name of Jesus, and how to give back. Come on, let me know we need men that will stand up, stand in, stand over, and will, will be an example a witness 
I don't, I don't want to just share good news. I want to be good news. This, is, this program is teaching men how to be good news in the world that we live in. I don't want to just say amen. I want my life to be an amen. So in the next few moments, we're going to give a couple testimonies. We're going to do a skit. We got a special song. But real quick, I want the guys just to go around real quick, introduce themselves, where they're from, and how, how long they've been in the program. Amen? Yeah, I'm Casey. Oh, okay. Hey, I'm Casey. I've been in the program about two months now. Where are you from? I'm from Newcastle, Pennsylvania. I'm Scott. I'm from Pittsburgh. I've been in the program for about three months now. I'm Terrell. I've been in the program uh, two months. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, I'm Paul. I've been in the program three months. I'm from the sweetest place on earth called Hershey, Pennsylvania. My name is Arms Little Wright. I'm from Chester County. I've been in the program for about two months. My name is Ryan King from Newcastle, Pennsylvania, four months. I'm Brandon. I'm from Elizabeth, and I've been here five months. I'm Carl. I'm from uh, Medina, Ohio, and I've been in the program t 10 months. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand? So you guys may be seated. At this time, one of our students, the guy from the greatest place on earth, the sweetest place on earth. How many have been to Hershey, Pennsylvania? Come on now. Hallelujah. So let's give Paul a hand. Amen. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, my name is Paul Fitz. I'm 53 years old. And when you go into town, there's big signs, Hershey, Pennsylvania, sweetest place on earth. That's where I'm from. Well, let me tell you something. Um, I want to begin with, you know, listen, God was with me before I was even born. Amen? Like before we were even born, God is with us. And when I was born, the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck. And I could have very easily died. I could have very easily had some really bad type of brain disorder or mental retardatedness. Um, but it seems I, I turned out okay, right? I mean, but my, my family's like, well, well, hold there. There was something a little bit wrong there at the beginning, like, you know. Anyways, um, yeah, so I was born in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, I was raised in a family that went to church. Um, at a young age, um, I, was, I was diagnosed with uh, something called Tourette's Syndrome. I don't know if anyone are familiar with it, but I used to make noise and sounds and touch people, and, and I couldn't control it. Back then, in, in, the 60, in the 70s, like, they didn't know much about it. So I was like a problem child. Like, they thought I was the class clown. I was always set in the corner. Kids would make fun of me. And so at a young age, I started to hate myself because I couldn't help it. And the more kids would make fun of me, the more I would make noises. And, and I, used to, I used to say swear words, and I would get disciplined and punished. Um, then they found out that I had no sight in my left eye because um, I would run into things, and something just wasn't right. So uh, I have no sight in my left eye. I often say when I die and go to heaven, I'm going to say, Lord, let me see what it's like to see out of two eyes humanly first before I have perfect sight because I can't comprehend seeing out of two eyes, like not like the double vision. Anyways, so... so um, at the age of 12 or 13, I went to a church camp, and there was a, uh, there was a camp counselor there, and he was so cool. He explained to the kids what Tourette's syndrome was, 
and he made sure kids didn't make fun of me. And the next year, I had the same counselor, and I really respected this guy. He was like really cool because it's like the first person in my life that man that really stuck up for me. So he became so close, he became close to the family, and my, my dad brought him in as a second son. And after about a year, he started molesting me. And this church counselor molested me for two years before I finally told. And at that point, you know, Tourette's syndrome made fun of being molested. I really turned, my heart turned hard. I didn't like life. I didn't want to live. I was, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Um, so go from there. I started drinking and smoking marijuana at a young age. Um, by the time I was 19, I had four underage drinking fines, two assault and batteries, and I lost my license for five years. By the time I was 22, I had four underage drinking fines and two DUIs. And um, about that time, I was watching, I, I got home from work one day, and I was watching the news, and there my dad's face shines over the news. It says, Harvey Cyrus Fitz, Harvey Cyrus Fitz III, armed and dangerous, just killed his ex-wife. Now, it wasn't my mom, but he, my dad had killed, shot and killed my stepmom. And I was real close to my dad, so that was really hard. My, really hard. He got 20, 20 to 40 years in prison, and he never got out. He ended up dying in prison. He, so basically, he got life in prison. So as a young man, I was like, God? You know, I was raised in the church, and I knew of Jesus, but I'm like, who is this man? Like, is he true? And, um, you know, I just turned from God, and for the next 10 years, I'd say, I was just drinking, dr drinking, hating people, hating life. Man, I was a barroom brawler. Man, I'd go and look for people, and I'd fight, and I was just this nasty. I didn't care if I got hurt. I didn't care if I died. I didn't care about anything. And then I started thinking, you know, I need to do something here. And I tried to get help. I tried some rehabs. Nothing worked. And so I remember one day I said, you know, I'm not drinking today. I'm going to start one day at a time not drinking. I'm going to go fishing because I love fishing. And so I decided to go fishing. I packed up all my stuff, and I thought, well, I'm a little hungry. I'm going to be fishing all day long, so I might as well stop and get some lunch. So I stopped to get some lunch. Of course, I started to stop at a bar. I have a beer with my lunch and then a second beer and a third beer. Next thing I know, it's like 9 o'clock at night. I go into the bathroom. I'm so drunk. You know, I'm just, ugh. you know, I'm taking a leak. I'm peeing on the floor. I'm disgusting. I look into the mirror, and my face is all drawn. I'm just, and I was like, I had enough. And even in, the, I was drunk, but I was just, I had enough. I need help. And I prayed. I, I got on my knees at the sink, I swear, and I prayed. This is my prayer. I said, Lord, whatever it takes to get me sober, I need your help. If you are there, Lord, if you are there, do something amazing. Please, I need help. And I drove home that day. And as I was driving home, I was rounding the corner, and I blacked out from all the alcohol. And I came to, and when I came to, I was going right head on on the wrong side of the road for a car. And I just, ah, and I hit this telephone pole head on. And the car that I almost hit slammed on the brakes, come up to me, and I'm looking out the window, and all I remember is three little blonde-haired kids in that car and two parents. And I thought, man, that's like God hit me in the head with a two-by-four. It's no longer about me. I mean, I don't care about myself, but I don't want to kill somebody. I could never live with myself. And I thought, you know, if I killed one or two or all, you know, I'd get involuntary manslaughter, end up in jail for 5, 10, 15 years for five, five counts of involuntary manslaughter. 
I thought the worst would be just living with myself. And so I put myself in a rehab the next day. I did 30-day program, and when I got out, I, I, I found a church, and I just totally Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I got heavily involved with the church. I got baptized. I found the Lord. The Lord was with me. I was involved in, it kept me sober. It's hard to stay sober, ladies and gentlemen. The statistics are, don't lie. It's, it's like not many of us stay sober. And so I turned my life and my will over to the Lord. And he directed me, and I got involved with youth group, and I preached the gospel, and I told my testimony. And I got married, and I had a kid, and everything was just great. And I came home one day. 15 years of sobriety without a drink, not on holidays, not on Christmas, New Year Eve, not at my wedding, nothing for 15 years. And I came home one day and there was a note and it said, my wife said, I'm leaving you. I fell out of love with you. I'm taking your, your daughter and I'm leaving. And after 15 years, I thought, you know what? I'm old enough. I can handle this. One drink, one drink. And I bought a bottle that day. And I had to drink, and I drank, and I drank the bottle. And the next day, I bought a bottle, and I drank the bottle. And the next day, and the next day, and for three years, I went on this binge, this just drinking, horrible, I hate God. Why would you take my wife? Why would you take my kid away from me? And then I had a DUI, ended up on some time in jail. <clears throat> and, you know, I finally had enough again. And so here I am. I've been through like, like three or about eight rehabs in the process of the last six years. So I come to Teen Challenge. And let me tell you about this place, ladies and gentlemen. My, over the past three months, my, God has restored my heart. God has restored my relationship with Jesus Christ. This place is all about God right now. I go to, it's like four, four hours a day. We, we, we learn Romans. We learn how to be better men. We learn how to be better husbands. We learn how to pray. We learn how to, dis, to, to dissect the Bible. So now I've got three months sober at this place, and I'm hoping I continue to grow in the Lord. My life verse um, that I have is Isaiah 53, verse 5, which says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The, punish, the punishment that, that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we were healed. As a young man, I, I developed a, 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 I loved poetry. So I'm going to close with this, this poem that I wrote um, about the Lord. And it's kind of about uh, Isaiah 33. It's called Sacrificed. Should we not suffer for the cause of Christ, who came to this world and gave up his life? God but yet man, a servant indeed, and he hung on that cross for a people in need. Spat on and pierced, he endured all the pain. He did not spare himself, should we not do the same? He could have gave up when the going was rough, but he listened instead to his Father above. The perfect man Christ, our Savior and Lord, did not think of himself but of our great reward. So, so, so when we suffer for the cause of this man, think of the cross and the nails in each hand. And the crown of thorns pushed into his skull. He could have came down, but he thought of us all. So rejoice in the trials, no matter how bad it feels, because you'll be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. 
All praise to the Father. All praise to the Son. Not my will, O Lord, but your, Lord, but your will be done. Thank you. And next, I have a fellow, a fellow brother and Christian in the Lord, my brother Onslow. Hello, everybody. My name is Onslow Wright Jr. Um, I'm 65 years old. I just had a birthday June 28th. Um, my, um, my testimony is uh, it's been a long journey. Um, see, I spent time in jail almost three quarters of my life. Uh, I smoked crack. Uh, that was my drug of choice. Well, I don't know if y'all know about the, the 80s. I, that's when I started. It was basing, then the, the crack came into my life. Uh, I had uh, three babies. They all passed away. Um, miscarriage, stillborn, and um, abortion. Um, it's kind of hard for me to be up here because um, my life has been in shambles all my life. Uh, I got four sisters and another brother. Um, my oldest sister do drugs. My sister under me, she doing them now, but my younger sister, uh, she don't do nothing. My sister older than me, Gwendolyn, she don't do nothing. She's 60, 67 years old. She never picked up a drug or a drink or nothing. Um, my mom and dad, uh, it was, well, my dad drank, uh, my mom drank, but they passed away when, my mom passed away about four or five months ago. My dad passed away when I was in jail. Um, I've been at Team Challenge once about 10, 15 years ago. I was doing good. I lived in Pittsburgh, but uh, they say if you go back home, you do the same thing, you fall in the same pattern, which I did. Uh, um, like I said, I've been in jail all my life, but uh, I came to Teen Challenge this time. Uh, it's hard for me. It's hard. Um, my life has been, like I said, it's shambles. But I'm trying now to get my life together. Uh, my reading and writing is kind of off, you know what I mean? Um, but I'm trying to, I can't comprehend real well, but I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get to know the Bible. My, my people was, they had churches, and, but I, I went to church when I was younger, and uh, I ain't getting nothing out of it. I just wanted to be in the streets. Um, but now, like I said, I'm 65 years old now. And it's hard uh, getting up here, um, trying to explain my, you know, my life, but um, I'm trying. And uh, I'm going to cut it short. Uh, I got a little uh, uh, poem, I mean, uh, scripture I want to read. Um, 
First uh, um, uh, Corinthians chapter 13. What if you could speak all languages of humans and of angels? If I did not love others, I would be nothing more than a noisy going on whatever. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of hard for me. Uh, thank you, and we have a skit called um, Sin, The Sin Bucket. Um, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs>
I got something a little stronger. You're gonna need something. Go, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go. Let me go with my trunk. I'm gonna get my, yeah, you know, get my, okay. my, my drill, man. Well, hurry up, man. Hurry up, please. Yeah, you I'm stuck okay. in the center. Somebody sees me out here. It's the last thing I'm Okay, hold on. Right. Here I come. Here What's come. this thing? This is my jacket. Jacket? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's heavy duty, buddy. It's a little bit too much. Well, you know, you, you probably need it. Go ahead. Hold it. Wait, stand still. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, hold it, hold it. 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 Be YMCA. A <laughs> heart in here. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Hey, what's up? Who are you? I'm a doctor. Okay. What you got going on there? Man, I'm in. I'm in sin. I bought sin three for five off this guy, and I've been walking around all day. I'm stuck in sin. Woo! Man, I've been a doctor for 40 years, and I've never seen anything that bad. Okay. Do you have anything to help me out? All I can do is write your prescription. Okay. What are you? Okay, I'll take right. it. There you go, buddy. Have Thank you, day. man. Thank you. Better than nothing. Oh, I need some Jesus right now to get me out of my sin. That's what I need, some Jesus. Who are you? Jesus. Just the man I need. Listen, I died for your sins. I suffered for yes. your sins. I was on the cross for your sins. I need your help. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Thank you. We got a song for you for, uh, from Trill, a special song he, uh, he worked on all week. Nah, you keep that one up, man. <laughs> what? Okay. Ah. Yeah, I can take this off. <laughs> yeah, I can take that off. Ah, yeah. <clears throat> No, I ain't young like I used to be no more. Okay. Just to be close to you, Lord. Just for a moment while. Just for an hour of time, just to be close to you, Lord. Wow, ah, you know, it's been times in my life where I was real high, where I thought I didn't need anybody. But then again, there's also been times in my life where I was down there real low. Well, I thought I needed everybody. Well, the material things in life that I thought that I had that meant so much to me, that really had value, really didn't have any value at all. You see, that's when I realized I was a lonely man. I was a man with no direction, with no purpose, with no one to love me. So I thought, but me, 
But our Lord, you came into my life. You made my dragon edges smooth. You made my direction so clear in the view of all. You became my purpose, my reason for living. You see, you're my heart, you're my soul, you're my stone inspiration. Ah, that's why I'm standing here and I'm singing and opening up my heart to you. And that's when he called out to me and he said, son, why don't you just take my hand? Ah, oh, we'll live in love together, yeah. And he just kept calling me, take my hand. Ooh, we won't be alone, you and me, yeah. Take my hand. We'll spend our lives together, together, all together, just to be close to you. Lord, just for a moment, well, just for an hour of time. You see, I've been out there searching for so very long, Jesus. I was just searching to find somebody that was just like you. And for some folks, uh, it takes a lifetime, Jesus, to find the world, the things that you promised you would do. And he just called out to me, he said, son, just take my hand. Oh, we'll live in love together, yeah, yeah. He kept calling me, telling me to just take my hand. Ooh, you won't be alone. Just wait and see, yeah. Take my hand. We'll spend eternity together. All together, I see that there was a time in my life when I thought that I had so many things that was valuable, the cars, the money, the diamonds and the gold. But those things that I had meant nothing. You see, that's when God just kept reaching out to me and touching my heart and telling me, son, just keep continuously and take my hand. And I heard that echo say, just talk to me. You see, the door is open. Just walk with me. Come on, my children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ryan again. So uh, we have a table set up out in the foyer. Um, this is just some stuff to help us with uh, funding for the gas and other things for us to be able to go out and give this ministry. Um, we have uh, shirts out there. We have small bags and big bags. We have condensed version of the cross and the switchblade for any of y'all who don't know how this whole program started to help save my life. Um, we up at the center, we uh, make our own crosses. The students uh, make designs and paint them and do their own artwork on them. Uh, we have coffee up there. We have coffee cups. Uh, we have different style pens. 
We also have the literature up there, which is most important for my heart. Um, anybody who struggles with any kind of addiction within your family, friends, community, that's where my heart's at. Uh, this program helped save my life. So if any of y'all have family members, there's literature out there, phone numbers, contact numbers. And like I said, we got all this stuff that helps with the ministry. Please talk to one of us if you have anybody in that position because that's what we do. We help one another, brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't want to see anybody struggling with this addiction. The only uh, way we can get through this is Jesus Christ. So that's our firm belief. So if you have anybody in your family, members, friends, anybody in the community, just please refer them to us. We'd like to talk to them. We'd like to talk to y'all. Thank you. How many have enjoyed the service? Have you enjoyed the service? Come on. Let's give the Lord a hand. So I just went to the doctors recently for my doctors. I just went to the doctors recently for my, I'm not sure what this thing is. It, it looks really cool. Um, but I went to the doctors for my yearly checkup and found out that my left knee is bone on bone. So I walk funny. And you'll notice my, I walk funny, which I can live with the fact that I walk funny. I look funny. People laugh at me all the time, so feel free. But it's bone on bone on the knee. No big deal. I need a knee replacement. The doctor said your knee probably won't last the next 30 years. I said, Doc, I'm not sure if I'll last the next 30 years. It's all good. But haven't even enjoyed the time. We Look, we love you. We love all of you. Pastor Mark, we love you guys. Those back in the, what do you call that, the breezeway, the the balcony. God bless you all back there. We love you. We love you, Dorseyville Alliance Church. We want you all to know that we love you. Teen Challenge loves you. And you can't do a thing about it. <laughs> Pastor Mark, you as well, and your family. But thank God for Teen Challenge. I worked with Teen Challenge. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Teen Challenge is a worldwide program. I worked eight years with the Teen Challenge in Syracuse, New York. It's all over the planet. There are first 40 centers in the Ukraine alone. Teen Challenge is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. And that's why this place works. This is not a secular program. This is a Bible-based, faith-based, Jesus is the answer program. The Bible, amen. The Bible is not on the menu of answers. The Bible is the menu. And the truth sets us free. When we listen to it, when we follow through with it, and we believe the truth, does the truth hurt? Yes. Do a lot of people want to avoid the truth? Absolutely. Do we like to mask it? Do we like to deny it? Do we like to make excuses? Sign me up. We've all done it. But until you come to the truth that we're sinners, we need a savior, we've got issues, there's a lot of drama, but he died for all of it. And we can have peace, purpose, salvation, redemption, reconciliation, and all those other words I learned in Bible college back in the 80s that I forgot some of them. Are you with me? Come on. But thank God for David Wilkerson. What a great story. Many of you know the story. Pastoring in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania, right near State College. He started praying. And he turned his television off. How many of you and I turned a lot of things off and started praying? Our world would change. 
Our marriage would improve. Our kids would do better. If we learned how to turn a lot of stuff off, come on in the back. You're with me back there. Turn some things off. Start playing. Come on. That's great. That's great instruction. That's, that's a great recipe for success in Jesus' name. So David Wilkerson started praying. Then he went to New York City, started loving on the gang members. What's amazing about David Wilkerson is that when he went to New York City, he actually went to help a bunch of gang members that were on trial for, for, for killing a kid. Dave Wilkerson went down there to love on the gangs, went into the courtroom, was laughed out of the courtroom. There's a famous picture, you can Google it on your phone, of Dave Wilkerson standing outside of the courtroom with his attache bag, his briefcase, and his Bible in his hand. He was ejected from the courtroom. He was laughed out. What David Wilkerson didn't realize is that the gang members in New York City were watching Dave Wilkerson, thinking, this guy's got some guts. And what happened was, because David Wilkerson was left out of the courtroom, you know what happened? He got street credit with the gangs. The gangs are like, they don't like us, they don't like you. You're not one of us. Dave Wilkerson starts going to the city as much as he can. Come on. Starts loving on the gangs, and then Nikki Cruz got saved. Glory to God, and it's a phenomenon. Did you know that Nikki Cruz is one of the most sought-after evangelists on the planet? He lives in Colorado Springs now. He's 85 years old. Way back in the day, Catherine Coleman, Dave Wilkerson, Nikki Cruz, they packed out the city of Pittsburgh. Some of you know this. What a great reality of obedience. What am I saying? It pays to obey. David Wilkerson obeyed God, and whammo, here we are in the name of Jesus. God's challenging all of you and me to listen to his voice and obey what he's calling us to do. As a parent, as a husband, as a wife, as kids, as a follower of him, as a servant, as a born-again believer, somebody living in this area, in the name of Jesus, God help us to do what we can with what we've got, with who we're around, and to be obedient and to be faithful and to hear those words. Watch now. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Well done, man. How many want to hear that? So I love Teen Challenge. I love it. I love what we do. And it's an honor, again, to be here this morning with you. Real quick, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Anybody from Baltimore? Nobody. Okay, wonderful. And I uh, grew up in a single-parent home, never had a dad, never met my dad. It's interesting because I've never done drugs, but I actually was a riddle until the age of 18. Is there anybody in this room that would say, yes, I see that? He needed Ritalin. Come on. The truth sets you free. How many believe I should still be on Ritalin? Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. I leave today to drive home to Baltimore, where I'm from. I actually travel as an Assemblies of God evangelist. I've been on the north, traveling the Northeast for years. I met my wife preaching a tent meeting in a small town outside of Latrobe called Salzburg slash Avonmore. It was a tent meeting. My wife's from Monroeville Assembly of God. You see it right on the turnpike. And so she came out to meet me at a blind date at a tent service. 
And I looked out and I saw her and I knew she was coming and she knew I was going to be there. And I looked out and said, there is a God. And we got married. We, we dated long distance for four years from Baltimore to Cranberry where she was living. I've spent most of my adult life in Breezewood. Anybody know where Breezewood is? Come on now. And so we got married in 99. We lived in Monroeville. Then we're in Butler. Then we were in Butler. Now we're living in West Deer School District, Terenum Address. We're right on Saxonburg Boulevard. I never knew Saxonburg Boulevard was so long. But it goes from route. Eight to Saxonburg, I guess. I don't get out much. Thank you for your participation. She's right there with me over here. What's your name? Mara? You're awesome, Mara. I like you. But I'm saying all that to say this. I'm leaving today because my mother, my mother died of lupus on July 4th. So every summer, my sister and her husband and three kids still live in Baltimore. My brother lives in Williamsburg, Virginia. He'll come. Today's leaving with his three kids and wife, and then my three kids and my wife will all get together today and tomorrow, eat a lot of food, go off of our diets, and we'll talk about my mom and what a great lady she was. My mother was only 48 when she died, 48 years old, 1996, of lupus. So today's kind of a tough weekend for me. But you know what? God's here with you today, isn't he? Look at me, look at me, look at me. God's with you today. Can I get an amen out there? God's with all of us. We all got a story. We all got a testimony, Dan. I love you, man. I loved your ministry today. We've all got stuff. And I thought about freedom. I thought about July 4th. I thought about celebrating all that we have in this country. And I thought about a number of different topics and subjects and scriptures, but I want to talk in just the next few moments about praise. And by the way, I could have played the drums today with you, Dan, but I didn't want to get up and, you know, plus I charge 50 bucks. You probably wouldn't have enough time to talk to the board about it, but great job on the worship. But I want to talk about praise. Thank God for praise. Amen. Praise. And when you think about freedom, there's great freedom in praise. Praise and worship. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Psalms 147, if you have your Bible. So the sermon title is just praise. That's it. Praise. Psalms 147, verse 1. I'm going to teach you a song in just a moment. Then we'll go through a couple thoughts and we'll be done. At the end, like Ryan said, we would love to talk with you, pray for you, because some of you have family members, relatives, in-laws, outlaws. You've got co-workers. You've got people that are struggling with addictions. How many of there's a lot of addictions out there? Come on. And it's not just drugs and alcohol. How about food? How about always wanting the last word? How about always being right? How about social media? How about your phone? How about Facebook? Anybody? I saw something the other day. It said, are you on Facebook more than your face is in the book? Chew on that one for a minute. Oh, we could leave now and say that was good. But I want to talk about praise. Psalms 147 verse 1 says this, how good it is to sing praise to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. Now watch this, all eyeballs here. What a great reality. Listen, how good it is to sing praise to our God. Say amen. 
how good it is. How good it is to sing praise to our God. And I love you, Mark. He did a great job. He's got the talent and the heart. That's a great package. But praise, how good it is to sing praise to our God. I didn't take my Ritalin. How pleasant and fitting. And I love this. How pleasant and fitting it is to praise him. How many know we were designed, created to praise him? We were given breath to praise him. What's the Bible say? If you don't praise him, the very rocks will praise him. I don't know about you here at Dorseyville Alliance, but I don't want a rock getting over on me. And what I think is great is the rocks were not made. The rocks are not here to praise God. You and I were created. We were made to give him praise. Come on, say amen. amen. And another word for praise is thanks. Doesn't the Bible say in everything give thanks? That's not a misprint. That's not a typo. So we praise him, we thank him, we can even put that in there, how good it is to sing thanks to our God, how pleasant and fitting to thank him. He's worthy to God be the glory. It is not about you and me, FYI, it's about him. He's worthy of our praise. Now we're going to sing a song.